If I really believe in God's perfect will for my life, then I truly put my faith and trust in God, whether it be my son or my daughter or my grandchildren or even my wife or myself. Why? Because we truly believe that God is in control of every situation. In order for God to work in my life and in your life, you have to have faith in Him. Welcome to Somebody Loves You Radio, the Bible teaching ministry of Raul Reese in Diamond Bar, California. Well, it's good to have you with us today as Raul continues our series celebrating the Lord's life-changing love, taking a look at Christ's miraculous healing of a chronically ill woman and astounding resurrection of a dead child. We believe you'll find hope in your own trials. We'll explore the fact that no matter how overwhelming your circumstances might be, God's goodness is greater. Let's listen as Raul Reese begins. Well, this morning, if you have your Bibles, turn to the book of Matthew once again, chapter 9. And this morning, we want to look at his power over sickness and death. When you look at the Gospels of Jesus Christ, a lot of times when people do read the Bible, the stories are very plain and they're very simple to be understood. But there are a lot of times critics... They will criticize the stories of Jesus. Uh, For example, if you go to a seminary that is liberal, they will tell you that a lot of the stories are not true. And they'll tell you that the Bible is not true. But yet, the Bible has been one of the oldest books that has survived all of its criticism. And yet, Jesus, in dealing with all of the religious leaders of his time, Imagine dealing with the Pharisees and the scribes and the Sadducees of his time was a very critical job to accomplish. And yet Jesus had come to become 100% man, 100% God. And he wanted to demonstrate to the world his love, his grace, and his mercy. And this is what separates him completely and fully from all the other men that have proclaimed to be Messiahs, anointed ones. And yet, we understand that as we read the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew's writing to the Jewish audience. Now, it was three miracles that we have here in the book of Matthew chapter 9 now where number one, a daughter of a synagogue leader becomes very ill to the point of death. And then eventually she dies. And as she dies, her father, not really liking Jesus, becomes very desperate in his own life to go after Jesus to see if he would be by invitation come to his house and touch his daughter before she would die. Now, when I read the story, the first thing that came into my mind was the first observation that I made concerning this story. Why don't you turn there to chapter 9 and look at what he says here in verse 18 and 19. As we first of all have the first observation in the story of a very desperate father. 
Because in chapter 9, verse 18, it starts out this way. He says, while he spoke these things to them, he's speaking to the disciples. Behold, a ruler came and worshipped Jesus, saying, my daughter has just died. Now, here in the book of Matthew, he limits a lot of things that are found in the gospel of Mark and in the gospel of Luke. In the same story. Because his name is Jairus in the gospel of Luke. And Jairus was one of those leaders in the synagogue that had a lot of pull, a lot of power in his own job where he was working. And somehow his daughter became sick. And he had taken his daughter to many physicians, but none of the physicians could do anything for his daughter. Maybe some of you have been there before with your children or with someone in your family. It is really bad news when you go to the doctor and they'll tell you, I can't do anything for them. Take them home. That happens every day in life. And many of us are not really used to it because maybe some of us here have never had to face that kind of a important message from a doctor. Knowing that the person we're taking home is going to die. There is no healing in their lives. We're just waiting upon death to come. And yet this Jairus that actually worked in the synagogue, he was a ruler. You could actually say that he was not a believer. He was an atheist. But when it came to his daughter's benefit of living, somehow there was a little bit of hope in his heart. And he remembered that there was a man by the name of Jesus that already had been healing a lot of people. And they gave him hope. Sometimes God will use tragedies. And problems in our lives to draw us to himself. I don't know what you're facing this morning. But God in his grace and mercy and love is drawing you to himself. There are the people that believe and think that when someone in their family becomes ill or even dies. They become real bitter and they start blaming God and hating God. That should never happen. God is not at fault. We have to remember going back to the book of Genesis. If you want to blame someone, blame Adam and Eve. Our first parents. They sinned against God. And this sinful nature entered the world. Where Satan was allowed to tempt and to harass and oppress believers. In the church. Never to possess us. But to oppress us. And to bring doubt into our minds and hearts. You ever catch yourself when you're going through something. That immediately Satan will be there in your mind. And he'll start putting doubts in your mind. When we should really be confident in the Lord. 
Whether a person lives or dies, it doesn't really matter. If I really believe in God's perfect will for my life, then I truly put my faith and trust in God, whether it be my son or my daughter or my grandchildren or even my wife or myself. Why? Because we truly believe that God is in control of every situation. That's a truth in the Bible. But there are so many that doubt and blame God when something happens in their lives. And we should never do that. God is not at fault. Adam and Eve sinned against God. So now here is this young man coming to Jesus, a ruler. And the first thing that he does is he worships Jesus. But he was not a worshiper. But he's in need. Sometimes through our children or grandchildren or our spouse or a friend, we come to know Jesus in a time of weakness. Thank God for that. Otherwise, we would never know the Lord. Things that happen in our lives draw us close to the heart of God. Because something happened to this man from the time he left his house as a non-believer. And he came to meet Jesus. We find him now worshiping Jesus. Something happened in his heart when he approached the Lord. Look what it says. And he said, my daughter has just died. He received news that his daughter had now died. And why is he coming to Jesus? His daughter's dead. You know why? Because he heard that he raises people from the dead. He heard that. That Jesus had raised people from the dead. Think of all the people that are in here in this building right now at this very time. Where in the world we were dead in sin on our way to hell. And when we came to Jesus Christ and repented and received him by faith, what did he do? He gave us a new mind, a new heart, and a new life. We were resurrected. Remember Paul in Romans chapter 6 verses 1 through 4. That when you accepted the Lord Jesus Christ by faith as your Lord and Savior, your name was written in the book of life. And then when you were baptized in water, the water never baptized you to save you. But when you went into the water, Paul says, it's like a grave. It's like a place for the dead. That when you step into the water, you're proclaiming that you have been born again of the Holy Spirit. And that now you're dying with Jesus Christ. And now when you come out of the water, you're being resurrected in newness of life. It's a symbol of resurrection. Every one of us here has been resurrected if you are a Christian. And if you have been baptized, that's the symbol. Baptism doesn't save anybody. Something was going on in the heart and mind of this young man. My daughter has just died. But you come and lay your hand on her and she will live. Isn't that beautiful? That even today, even though the dead are not being raised. But that we can put our trust and faith in Jesus Christ and say, Lord, you can do whatever you want in my life and in their lives and I will trust you. Just come, Lord. Do it in my life. This is Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. 
It's our joy to support you in your journey with Christ. Call us at 800-634-9165 or visit us at somebodylovesyou.com for many faith-building resources. Coming up in just a few moments, we'll tell you about a booklet that will strengthen your hope in God's love. But first, let's continue with more from Rawls' teaching. And you know what's so neat? Listen to the next verse. And Jesus did what? He got up and followed him. And his disciples went right behind him. He went to his house. And they're walking along, going over to his house. And as he is walking along, all of a sudden we see in the next verse, look what happens in verse 20 and 21. Observation number two, a desperate woman bumps into Jesus with a great disease. Verse 20. And suddenly a woman who had a flow of blood for 12 years, came from behind and touched the hem of his garment. Now, this is amazing because again, in the other Gospels, it gives us more insight to this woman. This woman had been cast out from society. She was bleeding to death. She had a disease. And she had been to many, many physicians, and the physicians had given up on her and said, we can't do nothing for you. Imagine living 12 years in desperation, in sickness, thinking, when is death going to come in my life? And then all of a sudden hearing of this person that is there around the Sea of Galilee and he is touching and healing people. And she's thinking, man, tomorrow morning I'm going to get up and I'm going to walk down into town. And if I see Jesus, I'm not even going to stop him. I'm just going to go behind him and just touch him. What does that show you? That this woman has great faith in Jesus. In order for God to work in my life and in your life, you have to have faith in Him. And I love the way the story is put together because here suddenly this woman comes out of nowhere. Jesus is in a hurry. They're walking through the cross. Remember, there's people everywhere. In the other gospel, it says when she reached out and touched his hem of his garment, he turned around and said, who touched me? And the disciple said, Lord, what do you mean who touched you? Look at all the people following us. And you're asking who touched me? But he felt it. Jesus feels everyone's touch when you touch Jesus. But let me say this better. It's better when Jesus touches you than makes you better. Because this is exactly what Jesus will do. I don't care what your problem may be. I don't care what your sickness may be. You can be like this man. You can be like this woman. To have faith in Jesus Christ and to reach out in desperation. When you finally have come to the conclusion, there is no help. I am done. I am doomed. But I know one thing. I put my trust in Him alone. And whatever He wants to do in my life, I allow Him to do it. Then God can work in your life. But every time you doubt, how can He work? He can't. It's an impossibility. You can't work in doubt. You really have to trust Jesus. You say, what do you mean? Well, look what it says in verse 21. 
For she said to herself, this is what she's thinking in her mind. If only I may touch his garment, I shall be healed. Notice that. I shall be well. Physically, but spiritually, he will touch me. Imagine how many thousands, millions of people Jesus Christ has touched in this earth. Why? Because he always works not according to our time, but he's always on his time. Remember that. It's according to his will, not according to my will. When I pray to him. And when this woman was immediately touched by the Lord... Check this out. Again, notice observation number three. As she comes to Jesus behind him, touches him. Now the third observation. A great healer with great compassion. I like that. A great healer with great compassion for you and for me. Check this out. Verse 22. But Jesus turned around. He's walking through the crowd. She touches him and he turns around. And when he saw her, he said, Be of good cheer, daughter. Your faith has made you well. And the woman was made well from that very hour. She was never the same. And we will never be the same when Jesus touches you. In the other Gospels, it tells us again that he turned around and said, Who touched me before he said this to the woman? Because imagine, she's walking along, touches him. He turns around and she's kind of shocked. And the Lord saw her. And the Lord says to her, notice, be of good cheer, daughter. Your faith has made you well. Can you imagine that big old smile on her face? After 12 years of paying all of your income to doctors and they can do nothing for you. But Jesus touches you. I think of all the people like this woman outside of the church, in the church. They have great needs. And they've been waiting for years and years in their struggle, in their illnesses and sicknesses. And then one day, God touches them. And people will say, well, why didn't he do it sooner? Because it's God's time. Not your time. All those other years, 12 years that Jesus had never touched this woman. Guess what? She learned a lot of lessons that she can teach people now. Others that are weak and sick. God knows what he's doing. He takes us from pride to humility. He takes us from being healthy to sickness or from sickness to be healthy. It's all up to him. We are in his hands. He is our master. He is our savior. And yet the woman's faith was almost, in a way, just a perfect thing for everybody surrounding them as they watched this great healing. Everybody became excited. And yet on the sidelines, who's waiting? The father, Jairus, my daughter is dead. Waiting while this other miracle is taking place. What do you think he was thinking? My daughter is dead. I wonder if Jesus is going to be able to help me or not. Now, I wonder if Jairus' daughter would have never come back to life if he still would have followed Jesus. You ever think about that? That there are people that if God doesn't work, they'll say, later with you, God. 
They just come for the need. And if the need's not met, they leave Jesus alone. We can't do that. We have to understand that maybe through the death of his daughter, Jesus uses that to bring mother and father and loved one and friends to the Lord. Yes. In this case, the daughter lives again. But imagine how many people were touched. Look what it says. Again. In verse 23 to 26, observation number four, the great healer with great power. And when Jesus came into the ruler's house, so now he comes to the ruler's house, they finally get there. And what does he see? The first thing they come into the house, they see the flute players and the noisy crowd wailing. Wait a minute, she just died. Yeah, in that culture, you bury the person the same day. If you're a person of money and stature, and let's say the person dies, let's say a wife loses her husband, but she really doesn't like her husband, but she wants to look good in front of family and friends, she hires musicians to come and play for her husband. And she also can hire professional mourners to mourn for her, to wail and scream and cry for her husband, even though she doesn't love him. She played a good part. That's the culture. But here Jesus comes and they're already wailing, wailing and screaming and playing the flute. And verse 24 says, And he said to them, Make room, for the girl is not dead, but sleeping. And they began to laugh at him and ridicule him. But when the crowd was put outside, he got rid of the non-believers and doubters. Check this out. But when the crowd was put outside, he went in, took her by the hand, and the girl got up. She rose up. We know that when you're facing painful trials, it's easy for discouragement and doubt to overtake your faith. But we pray that today's teaching has been an encouragement to you in your walk with Christ. You're listening to Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. If you'd like to hear today's message again, we'll be glad to send you an unedited version for a donation of $5 or more. Our phone number is 800-634-9165. And when you contact us, simply ask for Raul's lesson titled, Power Over Sickness and Death. As you continue to meditate on the powerful love of Christ, we'd like to tell you about an uplifting resource from Rawl titled Understanding God's Compassion. It's a four-chapter booklet that will ground your heart in the hope that can only come from looking beyond your circumstances. You'll see that the Lord is continually working on your behalf, blessing you with His forgiveness, healing, protection, and provision. To order Rawl's booklet titled Understanding God's Compassion, Visit SomebodyLovesYou.com or call 800-634-9165 and we'll send your copy for a donation of $5 or more. Once again, that's 800-634-9165. To order by writing us, our mailing address is Somebody Loves You Radio, P.O. Box 4440, Diamond Bar, California, 91765. As we continually look for ways to enrich your relationship with the Lord, we welcome your feedback. We also invite you to take advantage of all of our free Bible-based resources, 
Visit Rawls' YouTube channel every Tuesday at 10 a.m. West Coast time for Straight Talk, a Q&A program with biblical guidance for walking in step with God. You can also use iTunes or Spotify to download podcasts of all of these programs. And be sure to download our app to access even more Bible-based teaching and practical helps for your spiritual growth. And of course, you can connect with us anytime on Instagram and Facebook. Don't forget, your generous gifts are tax-deductible and help us keep the truth of God's Word on the air. We appreciate your partnership. Coming up on the next Somebody Loves You Radio, we'll continue this series considering how we can be more proactive about sharing God's love with those who don't yet know Him in a personal way. Here's Raul with a closing comment from today's message. Imagine coming back to this world, but it was for the glory of God. God was going to use it. As she comes back, she sits up, they fix her something to eat, and check this out, verse 26, and the report of this went out in all the land. You bet the testimony of this funeral service was everywhere. Every newspaper carried it. Every TV station carried it. Can you imagine that? person dies, but resurrected. That would be big news. Think of Jesus, what he can do. Why did he do this? Because he said, I am the resurrection and the life. He did it to prove not only that he's God, but he allowed the little girl to come back and probably the little girl would become an instrument with her father of bringing and leading others to Jesus Christ. And that's exactly what happens to you and me. When we are born again of the Holy Spirit and then we are baptized by the Holy Spirit, what do we do? We tell other people what Jesus has done for us. How we were dead, but now we're alive in Christ Jesus. That's the story of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I hope that this morning the Lord will speak to each one of us individually. And if you're here this morning and you are dead in your sins, then you need to rise from the dead. This program is sponsored by Somebody Loves You Radio in Diamond Bar, California.